The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Rise Radio with counselor and prevention expert Randy Havison. Recovery in various forms is something that many of us face every day. Most of us need some sort of intervention to start the process of rebuilding and reconnecting our lives. This program serves to empower you to find new ways of solving old problems. Now, here is your host, Randy Havison. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Rise Radio. I am your host, Randy Havison, and I am so thrilled to be here today uh, talking to the folks from Oregon State University. There's a collegiate recovery program up there, and we're going to be talking to some staff and students, finding out what's going on out there. Um, and, and the thing that makes it so special for me is that I did my freshman year at Oregon State University, and uh, I, I consider that to be one of the places where I did the most research <laughs> for my addiction, and I think that's probably the place where the abuse crossed that line into addiction. Uh, and, you know, again, with addiction, you never know where it's going to start and where it actually happened. But, man, it got crazy when I was up there that, that first year. I'm sure it's changed a lot since then, and I really wish these people were there when I was there. Uh, also, you know, another shout-out to all of our listeners from around the world. Uh, we have hit five continents again. Uh, very thrilled and honored and very grateful that all of you are tuning in from around the world, especially over in the UK. And I'd love to hear from some of you. You know, go to our, our website, riseradioshow.com, uh, fill out our form, and I'd love to interview somebody from the UK and hear what's going on over there. Uh, so feel free to write in. Would love to talk to you. Um, also, as always, if you have any questions for any of our guests, you can shoot an email. Um, usually you can call. I will tell you that today's show is pre-recorded, so you won't be able to call in today. But if you do have any questions for our guests, then feel free to shoot an email, uh, randy at riseradioshow.com, or go to our website, leave a comment there, and I will definitely get back to you and uh, answer any questions or comments that you have. Okay, let's get right to it because I'm I can't wait to hear what's going on. I'm sure that Oregon State has changed a lot since I was there back in <clears throat> 1979. So, and I know the students are like, dude, I wasn't even close to being born. But yeah, but we'll get into that. So, uh, one of the people we have on the line, and I want to start by talking to John. <clears throat> John Ruyak is yeah. the. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. John is the alcohol drug and recovery specialist in the Alcohol Drug and Violence Prevention Center at Oregon State University. John received his master's in public health from Oregon State University in 2015. In his current role, John oversees the collegiate recovery community as well as many of the substance abuse prevention efforts on the OSU campus. In his work with the CRC, John works to expand the reach of the program. His main focuses include expanding resources for holistic support for students in recovery 
and reducing the stigma related to substance dependencies and recovery. And John, welcome to the show. So glad you could make it. Yeah, glad to be online. Yeah, this is great. So just a little bit of background. How long have you been there at Oregon State in this role? In this role, uh, just over a year and a half now. Um, I nice. was the I was the graduate assistant for the collegiate recovery community um, while I was doing my master's work, um, and then I was fortunate enough to uh, be selected to fill the full time faculty role. And I've been in that role for a year and a half now. Wow, that's great! Congratulations, that's awesome. So, what got you? What was your motivation for wanting to be in this field and and be a part of this? Yeah, so um, I, I like was outlined in my bio. Um, I spend part of my time in the recovery uh, side of things, and I spend the other uh, part of my work um, helping to uh, reduce instances of high risk drinking uh, at OSU's campus. Um, and so I kind of we approach uh, our department approaches the work from like a holistic. Uh, aspect, um, knowing that there's like a continuum of use. Um, so seeing, um, working uh, for, we're, we're run through student health services, um, and I got involved in that work pretty early when I uh, joined uh, the OSU community as a student. Um, I got involved in that work and saw sort of the comprehensive work that was being done around the alcohol um, harm reduction and prevention. Um, then uh, my first year uh, as, a master's pro- as a master's student is when they started the collegiate recovery community here. Um, so I got to see uh, the work being done, the students that were being drawn in, um, and hear um, from them directly how you know, they didn't feel that OSU was really their home until they had something like the Collegiate Recovery Community, mm-hmm. until they were able to join. Um, and, you know, in that first year, seeing our students really um, take the program on as their own and and utilize it uh, as a source of support, um, it really showed me uh, that there is a lot to be done in terms of making a, a college campus something that's supportive, somewhere that's supportive for everyone, uh, particularly those who are um, actively working to not use uh, alcohol or other substances. So, you know, I, it was just, you know, something that spoke to me as, um, as someone who, who has uh, significant others in, in my life that, that are in recovery or that are actively um, working to, to um, you know, find the path of sobriety. Um, and so it, it really just spoke to me as something that needed to be done and that I also wish was, um, you know, available to me uh, and to my friends as, a, as an undergraduate student um, in, uh, where I did my undergrad. Um, and it, it just felt like I had to be involved because the work that was being done was uh, so needed. That's so great. And, you know, it, it's so funny that today there's this whole movement about you know, recognizing the needs of students in recovery. Just to kind of give you a little uh, story, back in 1995, I went to a major national conference on substance abuse issues, and I put in a program proposal how to work with and support students in recovery. And I was doing a students in recovery support group on my campus. And, you know, there weren't very many programs around back then. And I put in this proposal and the feedback that I got was 
this program is not relevant to today's campus. There aren't enough students in recovery to warrant this kind of attention. And I was thinking, are you kidding me? And now, you know, yeah, I mean, and you've been there for a year and a half and you've watched the passion of these students and I can't wait to talk to the students too. But could you imagine at this point not having a recovery program on a college campus? No, I I can't. Um, And I can say like as a, as a movement nationally, it's, um, there's definitely not enough uh, recovery programs um, Mm -hmm. on college campuses, but it's, it's growing, you know, people are working hard to make sure that every campus has this type of support. Um, and really, I, I, can't, I can't imagine it not being here with, with the traditional college environment being um, the way it is. It, it's hostile to, um, for someone who's trying to stay abstinent from alcohol or other drugs and like really seeing how our students and uh, other programs that I've worked with uh, across the nation, like seeing how the students really um, utilize this as as one pillar of their success. Um, it's unfathomable to to think of it not being something that's there. Yeah, I know, right? And and the thing that that I find very amusing about what you guys have going on in Corvallis is that you know University of Oregon is right down the road in Eugene, and yeah. in all other instances, huge rivals. I mean, like see each other with other t-shirts and it's like you just want to run them over in a car but yet the recovery communities you guys are so tight and bonded with each other i think that's so awesome how recovery goes beyond rivalries and and other things like that to to really focus on what's important yeah i we are um really really proud of that collaboration i will throw in that we have, um, so yes, we are uh, in like football rivals with U of O. Um, there's a big, uh, it's called the Civil War game um, where mm-hmm. uh, yep. we alternate uh, cities and it's, it's our big rivalry game. But each year uh, our, our two CRCs get together um, and really just, uh, while we're still competitive on the football side of things, we're, we come together when it comes to recovery. Um, and that speaks volumes to, to the type of people and the values that are uh, ingrained into this work. And I will mm-hmm. say that um, there is one other CR uh, collegiate recovery program in Oregon at Southern Oregon University who we also oh, yeah. include in our collaboration. And all three programs uh, frequently get together um, to support each other and uh create a recovery community that isn't isolated to uh, one city or town, but that really um, transcends throughout the whole state. That's so great. And see, that's the thing that I really love and was really drawn to in recovery is that it doesn't matter where you came from or what your background is or where you go to school. Recovery is a bond that brings people together. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's funny when you find a you know a seven figure attorney is being sponsored by you know a plumber, and and it doesn't matter what your profession is. It's about what are you doing about the quality of your recovery. And to see that happen in college now is just so cool. And and you know, I mean, these students that you get to work with all the time, what an amazing bunch of people. Yeah, um, there's, I mean, there's, you know. Uh, so many like just different stories of, su- of success uh, that I could you know just quote throughout the years. Uh, we have students who have um, 
have come in our doors and said, like, I don't want you to acknowledge me outside of this room. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, we respect that. Um, sure. And then those same, and those same students a year or two years down the road are being interviewed on the news to promote the fact that this type of support is on our college campus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we'll talk about our our new building uh, later, but, you know, we have, they're, they're willing to step up and say, like, this is needed. I, I needed this. It benefited me in ways I can't even tell you, and we I, I need to share that so others can uh, find the support just like I did. And and then, like you said, our students are amazing. We have students who are leaders on our campus. We have students who are leaders in our community um, outside of OSU. And it's just, it never ceases to amaze me, like, how much passion there is for recovery, mm-hmm. but um, how that bleeds into everything that they do. That's great. Now, the students who are in recovery, is this recovery from only alcohol and other drugs or recovery from eating disorders, ACOA issues, you know, growing up in an alcoholic family, Alan on it, is it all recovery or do you just focus on alcohol and other drug? Right. Um, so our, our main focus is creating a community and, and uh, an environment that is free from alcohol and other uh, illicit substances. Um, mm-hmm. So we do have like a membership um, with our community that gains, uh, allows you to gain access to um, our building. Um, and mm-hmm. to be a member in that way, you are committed to um, being uh, sober from alcohol um, and other substances. Um, mm-hmm. We do provide support for um, other um, of the process addictions or those who are affected by substance use disorders, uh, maybe in their family or uh, in other relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And we just do that in a way that um, allows them to, you know, come and uh, join us in, in, in recovery and provide support um, where we can. Uh, but when, uh, when, you, when you break it down to what we're really focused on and what we need to make sure is there day-to-day, uh, 24-7, is that there is a, a clean and sober ev- environment mm-hmm. for our students. That's great. Yeah. And I know that a lot of colleges, a lot of campuses do things a little different. I just wanted to hear what you guys were doing up at OSU. And and it's just amazing. So you guys have this new building and I want to hear about that. We have like a couple minutes before we need to take a break. Is the building now open or is it about to be open? Uh, yeah. So we, um, in in May of this this year, we um, were approached by a OSU alum who mm-hmm. uh, shares the same values as us, um, supports recovery, especially on the college campus. And what they were really focused on is providing on-campus housing, uh, recovery-specific mm-hmm. housing. Um, nice. So uh, through their uh, support and donation, we were able to um, uh, find a building that was already existing on campus that we were uh, able to move into. Um, we mm-hmm. moved uh, – so that building – includes um, support for students who don't want to necessarily live in on campus, but it also includes residential rooms. Um, we moved three students in uh, this last Sunday. Um, wow. We're really excited. Nice. Uh, it's our first, uh, it's the first residence we have for the first building that's completely dedicated to collegiate recovery support at OSU. Um, wow. Yeah, and we, you know, that, that allows us to provide that comprehensive 
support for students. So not only do they have the social support, the academic support, but now their home is somewhere that OSU is committing to providing uh, for them and, and making sure that it's it's clean and sober and recovery first. Um, That's so we good. are. Um, it's a phased project where we're we're focused on getting the rooms online first, um, and then uh, in a in a few weeks we will be moving uh, the rest of our program over as we kind of finish up some of the the like aesthetic touches to the building. Wow! And how many total beds are you going to have over there once you're fully open? Yeah, in the first year we're capping it at twelve. Um, mm-hmm. We want to um, build the program with intentionality, making sure that we're not growing too fast and, and losing our ability to support the students who are there. Um, right. as, our, as our program grows um, in, in need and in funding, uh, we will um, go into what we're calling phase two of the project where um, we will be moving uh, the program into the second floor of the building. It's a, it's a two-floor, two-story building. Um, mm-hmm. where we'll open up the rooms on that second story. Um, and uh, there's different ideas floating around about how we will structure um, the, the building, uh, the, the room layout, but we're looking at somewhere between 25 and 30-ish students um, wow. at full capacity um, years down the road when we, as we're building up. That's so great. I am just so thrilled to hear that. Uh, We need to take a quick break right now, and I want to talk some more about the new residence hall that you have uh, and more about the program, and I definitely got to get to these students and, and hear from them too. So after this short break, we will be right back with the crew up at OSU. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Randy Havison is a highly sought-after speaker, trainer, consultant, and author. His down-to-earth approach and mix of humor and insightful information make him a very effective presenter. With topics such as alcohol education, raising self-esteem, leadership development, and defining value systems, Havison has proven to be a pioneer in his field. Randy is a welcome speaker on the international stage with a personality that exudes raw energy fueled with magnetic charisma and the relatability of a best friend. His book, Party with a Plan, The Guide to Low-Risk Drinking, was 15 years in the making. He has found a research-based formula that teaches people how to drink and lower their risk for problems. Party with a Plan goes beyond be responsible and drink moderately by offering specific guidelines for people who want to drink and avoid the common problems associated with drinking. Visit Randy's websites, risespeaker.com and partywithaplan.com for more information. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Rise Radio. To reach Randy Havison or his guest today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Randy at riseradioshow.com. Now, back to Rise Radio. And welcome back to Rise Radio. I am your host, Randy Havison. And today we are talking to the folks at Oregon State University. We're talking to John Ruyak, who is the uh, alcohol, drug, and recovery specialist at OSU. And uh, we have some of his students there, too. And I want to get there. But um, 
you know, having a, a residential building and getting funding from alums, one of the questions I get a lot, because I, I do a lot of consulting with, with universities around the country, and they say, you know, we're having a problem with funding. What do we do? And the first thing I say is have some of your students and your staff get interviewed by the alumni newsletter and have them advert or put that article in the alumni newspaper because you never know if there's an alum who would see this and now they're in recovery and they might be willing to financially support or emotionally support a recovery program. And it sounds like, did you go through the alumni network or did this person just come forward to find you guys? Oh, man, that's kind of a long story. Um, So we've taken multiple uh, paths uh, to secure funding. This particular individual um, found us um, through, uh, let's see, how can I frame it? So um, the person who founded our collegiate recovery community, uh, Dr. Robert Reff, used to work at St. Cloud University. Mm -hmm. Um, He started a CRC there. Um, the yep. alumni that uh, is currently affiliated with our program um, back in uh, saw a news article back in the day when Rob had started that and was like, "Wow, I really need to, um, I really need to get something like that going at at OSU." Uh, then years down the road, um, he uh, found out that uh, we had a CRC and then uh, saw that Rob Ref had started this one um, and was huh. just really excited and said, "Like, I need to get involved now." Um, and wow. so it was sort of informal and by happenstance that Rob had moved around to, to the right university, um, and that our, <laughs> our current alumni had, uh, really thought that the work that he had done in the past was, was good work. Um, so it was, uh, we have, we have pursued sort of those formal channels of, of, um, being in alumni magazine, uh, the alumni magazine called the Oregon Stater on our campus. Um, so we've done that, um, but this was sort of a little bit different. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm. It's just great when people do come forward and want to help because right. help is desperately needed, and and I think the students that are there are benefiting from all this. And I want to start talking to some of you guys because um, you are the heart of this collegiate recovery movement. And whether you guys know it or not, this is this movement is going to continue to grow. And you guys are like some of the pioneers of this whole movement that's going on here. And it's just so great to be able to talk to these students. And I can't wait to let our listeners hear the quality of the students that come through these programs. And the first person I want to talk to is Sydney, because I've been exchanging emails with you. You are a rock star. I mean, you're like so professional and on top of things, and it's always so nice to to get those emails from you. Um, they're always phenomenal and professional and, and straight to the point. And I have a feeling that you weren't always like that. <laughs> so how did you get into this position? I guess you're the grad assistant for the program now. Like, were you, are you doing now what John did before? Yeah, actually. Um, so cool. I'm actually not in recovery. I am an ally to recovery. Um, awesome. Starting, what, I guess it was seven years ago, um, mm-hmm. my mom got sober for the first time. She's been cool. sober now for five years, and when I decided, wow. you know, so that's had a huge impact on my life from the time I was a kid um, before, mm-hmm. you know, I was even old enough to understand what was going on, and then from the time that she, you know, um, I guess we all hit rock bottom um, and realized that 
you know, a big change needs to happen that we can't just pretend it doesn't exist anymore. Um, so my mom's been sober for five years now, and um, the 12-step program and just recovery programs in general have been a huge part of my life um, because mm-hmm. my mom's such an important part of my life, and we knew that, you know, we we hit rock bottom and, and a big change needs to happen. So um, along with my mom going to meetings every night, I would go with her um, because, you know, no one wants to face recovery alone. And yep. um, I wanted to know what was going on in her life. And, you know, I think once you enter into a program like the 12-step program or, you know, a recovery program and you embrace it wholeheartedly, you, mm-hmm. it ends up being such a big part of your life that you, you talk about it, you want your loved ones to know about it, and that's kind of what happened to us is whenever I'm going through a hard time, my mom just did this today, actually. I was saying, oh, school's starting and I'm getting kind of stressed. And she goes, you know, um, you can take the big book and reframe, you know, take alcohol out of the equation and put it, whatever problem's happening in it, you know, the big book can help you in the same way. So I feel like once you enter into recovery, your life changes in such a positive way and you want that to kind of mm-hmm. spread to the people around you. Um, and it has affected my life and my family's life in such a beautiful way. You know, we're, we're a family again and we're happy and functioning again. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's just been, it's had a beautiful impact on my life, although I'm not myself in recovery. Um, yeah, and so when I decided to come to OSU, I reached out and wanted to know, you know, because I, I was a large part of the recovery community in Phoenix, where I'm from, so I reached out, mm-hmm. and thank God there was a CRC. I didn't know about it, but I was just happy to see that there are people that know, you know, like my background, where I came from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, and it's so great, like you said, to have that support. And I don't know if you know this or not. Um, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of different 12-step meetings and, and different arenas because I wanted to see what they were all like. And although I never, I, I don't have an alcoholic parent, but I've been to some ACOA meetings just to kind of see what they're all about. And I got to tell you, if you've ever seen the, the promises from the ACOA program, they are amazing. And I love reading those. And I sometimes like those promises better than some of the other 12 steps uh, Mm -hmm. promises. So check those out because they're phenomenal. And I don't know if you probably don't know this, but last week's show, we spent a lot of time uh, talking about ACOA issues and how people who grew up in alcoholic families have just as many recovery issues as people who are alcoholic or drug addicted. I mean, it's the same kind of thing, but you can't, it's not palatable. It's not like, you know, put down the bottle. It's like you can't put down your mom. So yeah. it's really tough to to overcome those issues too. So you definitely qualify as someone in recovery. <laughs> yeah, and we always say here, one of the ways that I feel like I fit in is we always say that there are multiple paths to recovery. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has something in their life, whether it's, you know, your personal stuff or, you know, having an alcoholic parent there's always something that you're going to be recovering from and OSU supports mm-hmm. multiple paths to recovery. So it's, it's definitely a new home to me and it's definitely a huge blessing in my life. That's so great. And what year are you in or you're a grad student, right? Yeah, actually I just started my first year of a master's in public health like John. Wow. Good for you. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. So, yeah. So who else do we, we have, if I wrote these down correctly, Aaron, Aaron and Marin? Yes. <laughs> they even talk together. That's nice. Cool. Oh, so, <laughs> so who wants to go first? Let's talk to one of you guys. Who's first? Um, I can go first. My name is Marin. 
Marin. <laughs> yeah, um, I am a CRC member, and I was the undergraduate assistant for the CRC the last year. Oh, cool. So is that a, a, a staff position? It is, yeah. Um, and basically, and I'm, how, I'm, many, how many undergrad staff members are there? Just the one. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it was a great so, position. Yeah. So how did you get involved with this group? And did you come to college already in recovery or did you find your way to recovery when you were in college? Um, I found my way into recovery while I was in college. Um, I kind of bounced around different colleges for about six years, um, just not being able to get the school aspect down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, I got sober um, in June of 2014 and decided to take the summer off of school. And Mm -hmm. um, during that summer, I met a CRC member in a community 12-step meeting, and she asked me if I was in school, and I said, well, kind of. And um, she said, uh, well, you should join the collegiate recovery community, and I just had no idea what that was. So I went to a meeting with her there and discovered this recovery community. And um, at the time, we had to have 90 days of sobriety to join, and Mm -hmm. I was receiving or reaching my 90 days, um, I think the first day of fall term. So I was able to be a member that term um, to go back to school and try it sober. And I graduated last June and things are on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Congratulations. That is awesome. And and I'm sure you look back. I mean, you so you've been sober for two years now, a little over two years? A little over two years. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, what was that journey like? You know, because one of the things I like to talk about is what it was like taking those first classes sober. Because I remember I was terrified. I had yes. no idea how to do school sober. What was that like for you? I think it just took a lot of acceptance, you know. Um, yeah. Just a lot of willingness to just keep going, um, trying things different ways, and the biggest change was just making a new community, but that was kind of the easy part because of the collegiate recovery community. Like I was just Mm -hmm. immersed in this program um, just as much as I was in school, you know? So I was able to kind of restart my, my six years of college um, in just a really positive way. And with all this support, on me and other college students doing the same exact thing because um, mm-hmm. we have a lot of like non-traditional students in our um, in our program. Well, at least when mm-hmm. I started, and so there was a lot of people coming back to school or starting school as an older student, and um, so that was even more of like a bonding experience. Um, but definitely going through a lot of the anxieties of oh my gosh, I you know like I had so many memories of not doing the greatest things on campus and here I am sober having to like relive this kind of thing. Um, But having the safe space on campus to when I was feeling those anxieties and those pressures to be able to come to our clubhouse and just kind of talk it out or, you know, just be able to kind of decompress for a little bit and then get back in the game of school. 
Yeah. And, and having that type of support, I can't even imagine because I got sober in 1984 and there were not any collegiate recovery programs around back then. And I remember, you know, I would go to campus sober and I would go, I would be crawling out of my skin and I'd tell my sponsor, oh my God, it's so hard going to school. I mean, I have to walk by the campus pub and that's where I used to drink. And it's just so hard not going in there. And he said, wow, really? Well, San Diego State's a really big campus, isn't it? I said, well, yeah. And there's only one parking lot? And I went, oh, go to a different parking lot so I don't have to walk by the bar. Oh, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So when you have a community like that to be able to tell you those things, oh, that just cuts the learning curve so much. Right. Yeah. Oh, So how many students are in the CRC up there? I think right now we have about 15 members. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And are they from Oregon or from all over or where yeah, do these, how do you, so yeah, do people hear of, about the, the program and come to OSU because of it? What was that? Do people find out about the CRC at Oregon State and then they come to that campus to be a part of that community? Um, you know, there's some students that have done it that way. Um, I think for my first year in the collegiate recovery program, there was a lot of students that found out through the community or hearing um, just around campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. And, you know, one of the things I also tell the CRCs is that this is a great marketing thing later on to go to the sober high schools and say, hey, we, we're a great place for people to come to after mm-hmm. you graduate high school and want to come to college. This is the place to be. Yeah, we actually attended the Association of Recovery Schools conference this summer. Oh, nice. And so awesome. we were able to, you know, introduce our program and show that we have housing for incoming freshmen or whoever um, to mm-hmm. be at our school. So that was really great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And isn't it cool being able to go to conferences like that and represent? Yeah, it was pretty amazing experience for sure. <laughs> Never yeah, thought I'd I be mean, doing I, that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. In in May of 2014, if they would have said, hey, one day you're going to be going to conferences supporting students right. in recovery. <laughs> like, what? You must be high. Right. Not me. <laughs> you are the high one. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's funny. I, I, I heard you say that you were in your sixth year when you got sober. I, I joke all the time that I was a sixth year junior when I finally got sober. Yeah. There's a... I think a super senior is fifth year. I would say like super, 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 super senior. <laughs> super, super duper. Yeah, yeah. like just totally super. <laughs> but you know what? It takes what it takes. And, you know, again, back then I thought, you know, all my friends have graduated and what am I going to do with my life now? And, you know, today, you know, it's amazing. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I'm a radio talk show host. I mean, you never know where life is going to take you when you stay on this path. It's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. And one of the things that I I like doing through this show is to kind of be a beacon of hope for the listeners out there who might be struggling with addiction or they want to go back to school and they don't know if they can or how to do it. And, you know, hearing stories like yours just, I think, are very empowering. And hopefully it's going to help someone to turn that corner and get some help for themselves or a loved one and and live their dreams. Because it's all possible if you just... Find the right path. 
Yeah, I mean, having the support of your university through something like this is pretty amazing. And I don't think if, you know, my university didn't have a space like this or a program like this, I really don't think I would be excelling as much as I am today. Yeah, that's so cool. So we have to take one more break. And when we come back, Aaron, I have not forgot about you. We're going to talk to Aaron when we come back. Uh, and yeah, just a short break, and we will be back with the folks from Oregon State University. Go Beavers! We'll be right back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Randy Havison is a highly sought-after speaker, trainer, consultant, and author. His down-to-earth approach and mix of humor and insightful information make him a very effective presenter. With topics such as alcohol education, raising self-esteem, leadership development, and defining value systems, Havison has proven to be a pioneer in his field. Randy is a welcome speaker on the international stage with a personality that exudes raw energy fueled with magnetic charisma and the relatability of a best friend. His book, Party with a Plan, The Guide to Low-Risk Drinking, was 15 years in the making. He has found a research-based formula that teaches people how to drink and lower their risk for problems. Party with a Plan goes beyond be responsible and drink moderately by offering specific guidelines for people who want to drink and avoid the common problems associated with drinking. Visit Randy's websites, risespeaker.com and partywithaplan.com for more information. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Rise Radio. To reach Randy Havison or his guest today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Randy at riseradioshow.com. Now, back to Rise Radio. And welcome back to Rise Radio. I'm your host, Randy Havison, and thanks for tuning in from wherever you are. Um, you know, it's kind of cool that we have listeners from all over the world. We have listeners from China and Russia and Jordan, and uh, we got one from Israel this last week and a bunch from the UK. And I, I just want to welcome you all to the show. I hope you're getting something out of this. Uh, tell your friends, to tell your family. We're going to be talking about all kinds of different issues. But today we are talking about recovery on college campuses. Uh, it is the last week of National Recovery Month. So I wanted to put a highlight on this. And Oregon State University in Corvallis, Oregon, has an amazing program. And, and why it's so near and dear to me is that I was a freshman at Oregon State back in 1979, and it was not recovery friendly <laughs> back then. And in fact, it, it was it was pretty wild, and uh, that was one of the reasons why I kind of got closer to that line of addiction. In fact, I probably crossed it when I was up there, uh, probably somewhere while I was picking mushrooms one day. But uh, today. Oregon State University is a completely different campus with an amazing recovery program headed up by Dr. Rob Reff, who I have met a few times, and this guy is amazing. And working with him is John Ruyak, who's the alcohol, drug, and recovery specialist. 
uh, at Oregon State. And today with us, we have John as well as some of his students uh, talking about their experience being there at OSU. And we have one student left to hear from, and that is Aaron. We save the best to last, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so give me your little story. How did you find your way to this community? And are you a recovery, recovery friendly? What's your story? Um, I am a student, a member of the CRC in recovery. So um, I also got sober in June of 2014. So Marin is oh, wow. my recovery Twins. sister of the CRC. So it's kind of neat. Nice. Um, yeah. I guess long story short, um, this is my second go around at Oregon State. The first um, time, the first time I was in school here, I was not in recovery, and um, it was a struggle. It was a struggle of um, finding, trying to find myself, and trying to navigate campus, and you know, not meeting a lot of people, and just kind of uh, giving into the party atmosphere that I thought you know, everybody was participating in, which actually wasn't mm-hmm. the case. Um, I come to find out later. Um, but I, um, yeah, I just, I guess I participated mostly extracurricular activity when I was here the first <laughs> time. Um, yep. I wanted to have fun. And um, by my junior year, I, you know, it wasn't really fun for me anymore at that point, but um, I couldn't stop. So um, I was able to graduate in 2010. And then I spent four years kind of working in from job to job and ended up in catering for a few years um, in active addiction and um, really struggling with life. Um, and finally, you know, in 2014, a few circumstances led to me finally um, finding the willingness to be sober and find recovery. And um, I had already begun the process of coming back to Oregon State before I even got sober. Um, and so I, too, returned to school in 2014 with three months of sobriety. Um, wow. Back to the place where I had drank and used for many years and um, mm-hmm. had a lot of bad memories here. Um, and so for me, the process, um, I participate in some community 12-step meetings. Um, and so I came down here to kind of over the summer to go to a few meetings and try and um, meet some people before I was even living in Corvallis. And just like Marin said, I met another student who was already a member of the collegiate recovery community here at OSU. And she beelined it for me um, after a meeting mm. once and told me about the um, CRC. And I knew it was something I would have to join as soon as I was on campus um, in the fall of 2014. So as soon as I could join, I was became a member. So that's basically, long story short for me, finding the CRC. Wow. That is great. So if you graduated, are you in a master's program now? I am actually just a post-baccalaureate student, so I'm getting my okay. second um, degree. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Oh, good for you. I, You know, I, I, I never get tired of hearing student recovery and success stories. It's just so heartwarming, and it's so great to find recovery when you're so young. I mean, you guys are still in your 20s, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. So, okay, so majors and future, and what does that look like for you guys? What are your thoughts now on, on what you want to do later on with, with your lives? Um, so, 
this is Erin still. I am um, <laughs> now in the my last year in the dietetics program here at Oregon State, so that's nutrition, if people don't mm-hmm. know what dietetics means. <laughs> um, and, you know, when I got sober, I rediscovered my love for nutrition and how much that can impact your life on a daily basis. And especially now that I've found recovery, I find that it's even more important for me. Um, oh, yeah. If I'm not um, eating well and taking care of myself, I can feel it and I can, um, I see it in my reactions and my, in my energy level and all sorts of ways. And, um, so for me, I kind of, I envision a future of pairing my dietetics degree and becoming a registered dietitian and working with, um, people in the community who are seeking recovery or new to recovery. Um, and then I also want to focus on eating disorder treatment with my degree one day. So, with eating disorders wow. um, and um, addictions, they're very similar, and so I kind oh, yeah. of want to I want to serve them because they're both underserved community when it comes to things like nutrition. So that's kind Absolutely. of my my future goal, but um, I'm just doing what I can today to achieve those. That's really and great. You know what? You, you you just reminded me of something that's always been in the back of my head, and I keep waiting for the research to come out. If people are new in recovery, and let's say their drug of choice is marijuana over cocaine, is there a different nutritional plan that they should focus on as opposed to someone whose drug of choice was heroin? So I'm wondering if there are different nutritional anything that people could do depending on what drug was their drug of choice. You know, maybe people whose uh, drug of choice was marijuana, they need more protein. And those who were heroin, they need more, you know, vegetables or more fruits or you know it would be really interesting to find out if there are different food groups that would be good for people detoxing off of different drugs do you know of anything Um, like that out there i hope to um kind of do more research on that myself um but like you said people with different substance abuse issues um your your body is going to be deficient in certain things um especially Mm -hmm. with um alcoholism, your body, you're lacking a lot of nutrition. So um, with other drugs, it's going to be the same thing. I don't know specifics, so I can't give you any definitive answers on that. Um, But that's kind of, you know, what I hope to achieve in the future is kind of understand the best way to set out a nutritional plan for someone who is just entering recovery. And it might look different for someone who's recovering from um, alcohol use or um, heroin use or, you know, methamphetamine or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so when yeah. you do that, I want to have you back on the show and we're going to spend a whole hour talking about that mm-hmm. and educating people. So you have an open invitation to come back when you, when you have some answers. Absolutely. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> 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 so, okay, I want to talk a little bit more about this this building that you have because I'm just really thrilled that you have this there. Um, you know, is there anything maybe that you'd like to add or or talk about or kind of put a highlight on about this uh, building that you have before we we need to sign off here? So, uh, John, anything else about this building that we didn't talk about that you want to highlight? Um, yeah, well, first I want to thank you for having us on and helping uh, tell, you know, the story of collegiate recovery and specifically our journey here at OSU. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, in you're terms welcome. Of, My pleasure. Yeah. In terms of uh, the building, I just want to highlight um, 
that this the existence of a building that's dedicated to recovery support um, on any college campus is is monumental. Um, and for us, it's really a testament to the values that this university holds. Um, and that goes, uh, you know, for the people who are day-to-day running it, um, but also for up, all the way up through administration, um, they really helped uh, us make this happen. Um, we're in partnership with University Housing and Dining Services. They're really on board with making sure that we're meeting the needs of this particular student population. Um, and so it really, it really signifies um, what the university values and, and the lengths that we will go through uh, to, to make sure that students are, are well taken care of. Um, and I just want to highlight that, that there are other programs out there um, across the nation um, that, that provide the support, and, and we're super happy to be among them. Uh, and if a student's looking for a place to go um, to, to study and find that recovery support, they can um, check out the Association of Recovery and Higher Education's website. They list multiple uh, institutions. Um, and, you know, if you, if, if, you're, if you think that OSU is a fit for you, please know that we're here um, to support you in your recovery, and, and we would welcome you with open arms. Yeah, and and it's and it's such a beautiful campus. I mean, what I was struck by because you know I grew up in Southern California, and I remember going up there and thinking, "Oh my God, it's so green!" Right, and it's yeah, just this deep dark. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, I remember that one time it rained for two weeks straight. I was like, yeah. "What? Okay, this isn't gonna last much longer up here." But yeah, it, it's just so beautiful. And when you do have that sun come out, oh man, it, it, there is no place more beautiful than, than Corvallis, Oregon. I just love it up there. We're all shaking so, our heads in agreement. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep, absolutely. So let me ask you this, because here's something that a lot of people wonder. How do the other students on campus respond to the recovery program and, and people in recovery? And what do you tend to see and hear from the, just the general student population. Yeah, um, so I can speak to that um, in one aspect. Um, so my position uh, is funded through student fees. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, somewhere along the way on our journey, uh, we decided we needed faculty time um, that was uh, more heavily dedicated to this program. To make that happen, we had to go in front of what's called the Student Incidental Fee Committee. They approve uh, increases in student fees, so basically taxes on themselves. Um, We went in front of them and made the case for for our program and why this was important. Um, They, and this is student leadership um, uh, that represents our our community, and uh, they unanimously said this is important to us. We need to make sure that um, our fellow beavers are taken care of, um, and so there's no question in their mind that this is something that they were willing to help fund. Um, so from that perspective, um, our students uh, understand the need for this. That is amazing. I, I'm so thrilled for you guys that you have that kind of support because that's one of the things that doesn't happen at a lot of colleges out there. So to have that type of support, especially from other students is, is amazing. So what about as, as you, like the, the students who are here, Aaron, Marin and, and Sydney, as you're walking across campus and, and it comes up that, you know, about the CRC or anything like that, um, how do students tend to respond? 
um, a lot of them ask questions. You know, it's a newer program, and so we're still trying to get the word out to the majority of the school. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're, I mean, in my case, like, I'm happy to talk about our program. Um, And I think, like, the general consensus with the students I've talked to is they're just really excited that I have a place to go or the people, you know, in recovery um, and that, you know, they can tell their friends and, you know, usually there's a, oh, I know someone who could probably use that, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, from from my perspective, like, it's really nice to be able to just get the word out um, personally. Yeah, absolutely. How about others? Good experiences, not so good experiences, talking to other students? I would have to say um, that I've only had, uh, like, good reactions, positive reactions to, um, from when I have shared about my being a part of the CRC. Um, The program I'm a part of on campus, the dietetics program, is very small. So I only, I interact with the same people in every single class every day, and I think everybody that I'm close with knows that I'm a CRC member, and my best friends in those programs ask questions and love that I'm participating and are um, completely, they just, it doesn't even phase them. So they think it's normal and they think they see, mm. they, we, you know, sometimes they make jokes like, I can't even imagine what you were like before because things have changed <laughs> so dramatically in the last two years. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's a testament to being part of a program like the CRC that, people like us students are able to turn our lives around so fast because of our willingness to, you know, change our lives, but also like finding the support in this community. So like Marin said, people are just happy that we have somewhere to go. Um, You know, some people with a little less experience, um, you know, maybe shut down a little bit and don't ask questions, but um, at least they know it's there now, you know? So. Exactly. And that's the cool part. And, you know, I wish you guys nothing but continued success. I mean, I can see this program continuing to grow and anything that I can do to support your efforts up there and help you guys out. I am more than happy to do that because I am I'm a beaver at heart and would love to help you guys out. And uh, I'd I'd, I'd actually love to have you come back sometime. We have to talk about another reason to bring you guys back on and and talk some more. But we need to wrap this show up right now. Uh, And and thank you to John and Sydney and Marin and Aaron. You guys were awesome. Phenomenal guests. Thank you so much for doing this. And join us next week on Rise Radio when we have Mike Domish, the author of the book, Can I Kiss You? And part of the Date Safe Project. And we're going to be talking about that, keeping our our students safe uh, and our, our population safe from uh, sexual violence issues. And we're going to be talking about that next week. But again, thank you to the folks up there at OSU. You guys are awesome. I hope you get a break from the rain soon. And uh, we'll be talking to you guys again. So this is Randy Havison with Rise Radio signing off, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to Rise Radio. Please join your host, Randy Havison, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next show, have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.